Ever heard of Shark Week? Well, this week on the 40 Acres, it was Sark Week. Let's get it. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. John Garcia, director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated. Joining me once again, as I mentioned, it's been a crazy week. Great week, especially weekend for the 40 Acres. But it all started on June 23rd, 2022, with the Arch Manning commitment. I know what June 23rd was like for me. I know what June 23rd was like for Longhorn Nation. But what was June 23rd like for the director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated? Yeah, we had to uh, unearth some stories that we had been holding for quite a while. Uh, of course, we we reported a few days prior that Texas was growing in confidence uh, following the Arch Manning official visit. We knew Texas was positioning itself to potentially land him. We just didn't know how soon it would happen. And I think that's what was really the surprise element of Arch's decision. But yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I was, I was running errands and I got a phone call and I had to get to a computer very fast, but tis the nature of, of recruiting, especially when it's the most famous recruit I've ever covered. Um, and, and I think that's what, what makes this one um, so crazy in, in every way, so much pressure, so much hype, so much spotlight and so much talk around uh, this kid. But at the end of the day, he picked the school to me, that was the most all in on Arch and the school that maybe the path towards being QB1 is the quickest. So a smart business decision with an offensive minded and quarterback developing head coach who's been there and done that compared to programs that have done so without marquee quarterback play at times in Georgia and Alabama. So if you if you re remove yourself from the emotion of it, it kind of makes sense for Texas to have won this recruiting battle. The spotlight, the pressure is something that if any kid would embrace it, it would be Arch Manning because he's already got that around him. So I, I like the the gravitas of Arch picking Texas. It says something about him too, right? Because he could have easily gone to Bama and won a title and waited to play. Uh, same thing at Georgia, most likely. But at Texas, where it's it's going to largely fall on, on his shoulders among you know the players on the roster one day, it says a lot to step into that situation. Very manning of him. Because you remember at uh, Tennessee and Ole Miss, his uncles, I mean, it's like when they got there, it was a lot of hype, but not a lot of recent success. So I do think that they changed their programs for the better. And, and Arch is going to try to do that at, at an even bigger school uh, at Texas. No disrespect to those SEC schools, though. Hook them is all I'll say to that. Shout out to Texas, the real UT. So whether it's the arch impact or just a dominant recruiting effort, have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, I'm losing count. I think it's what uh, about nine commitments uh, uh, since Arch has, has committed now or eight, maybe eight in like five days. Have you ever seen anything like this after a quarterback or anybody has committed to a class the way the dominoes have fallen so fast? I think associating them with Arch is, is probably, you know, as, as smart evaluation as you could uh, put on at this point. A lot of these Texas commitments, and there's more coming, by the way, a lot of them moved up their entire process after Arch basically moved up his entire decision-making process. And I think uh, those things are not a coincidence, especially with these offensive prospects and offensive linemen. 
it's like, you know, Arch is going to draw receivers and running backs. That is, you, you don't have to know ball to sell that. But when you expand it, it's, it's going to help everywhere else on the field as well, including with the guys who want to sign up to protect him. Uh, so I do think that is maybe the, the most surprising element of all of this. But in general, recruits following Arch, and we wrote it that day. Uh, we knew it was going to happen. We knew it would be soon, but I don't think we expected it at this rate and at this volume um, with recruits jumping on board. And like I said, it's it's not over just yet. Oh, it's far from over. And I remember the last time you came on, we talked about the potential of Texas having a top three class. I believe at that point they were like 24th. Well, Texas now has a top three class, at least according to 24-7 Sports. So you're right. It happened faster than all of us thought it would. Speaking of those offensive linemen, there was a flood watch over the weekend in Austin, Texas. And now Kyle Flood has brought in 11 offensive linemen in his two years at the 40 Acres. Get this. The average height and weight of those offensive linemen, 6'5", 313 pounds. If I told you that as someone who has been around, been around college football for a long time and asked you what Kyle Flood was trying to accomplish, you would say what? I would say he's getting ready to move his boys into the SEC. And that's exactly what's happening at Texas. Um, I, the number one class among offensive line groups in the country last year was Texas by far, right? That class, we're going to talk about that class for a long time. So even the possibility of following it up, I thought would not be easy in this class because these kids have Google. These kids are on 24-7 and rivals and on three. They know what just happened last year. So to still recruit at a high clip and get, I think, three commits in one day on the 26th, to still do that says a ton about Kyle Flood. And it says a ton about the belief in, in what Texas will be. Um, so I think that alone is is really notable in recruiting. Um, but then, man, you, you look at the beef, literally, that, that Texas is bringing in, and it just tells me that they're ready to make that transition into the SEC, which, you know, had, it didn't go well on the front end for Texas A&M. Missouri kind of, because they were in the East, kind of lucked into some some titles while Georgia and Florida – we're coming off of uh, coaching changes of their own. But, man, it's hard to transition. That, that's my point into a league like this. But if you're going to do it, you need a lot of size and a lot of depth in the trenches. And I think Texas, with the 22 class and now the 23 class, is setting up to be ready to go because all these guys will be upperclassmen come 2025 when this thing is, is at least the latest – that this thing could happen in terms of Texas and the SEC. And and that could line up with year two uh, under Arch Manning in my mind as well. So I think all of that lines up for um, hitting the ground running in the SEC, which has, has not been easy to do traditionally. Absolutely. And it was actually four offensive line commits on Sunday. So uh, oh, you know, was, was going crazy for sure. <laughs> Make sure you, you check out our partners at uh, rockauto.com as well. So the biggest and latest addition to the class since Arch Manning has been Derek Williams. He's not the latest, actually. They just keep landing commits you know, like every hour, it seems. Um, but he's ready by 24-7 sports as a five-star safety and a top 50 player. Arch Manning is doing his best to get the players out of Louisiana, and this is the first one in Derek Williams. Talk about what he brings to the table as a safety, and is there any positional versatility there? I saw he played some corner as well. Yeah, I love this kid. It's really easy to watch his tape and just kind of figure out, okay, like this is a national kid. You don't even have to dig very deep into it. Uh, he does everything. Uh, as a safety in this day and age, First of all, you have to cover. You have to cover ground and play the football. 
check, check, check. Those boxes are easy for Williams at 6'2", 185 or so, by the way. That frame, about as ideal as you want at the position as well. But then you you dig deeper, and there's special teams, there's offense, there's corner play, as you mentioned, and he's not afraid to play downhill and play the alley uh, and, and support uh, the defense up front against the run. He is a physical kid at the point of contact, uh, just one that that really – imposes his will uh, so there's a true balance to his game I, I think he could play on all three downs and line up at three different spots on all three downs deep safety on third and long maybe um in the box on first down and, and maybe in second down he's a rover spine an athletic quarterback he can run he can hit he can play the ball in coverage uh and he's got good hits for a safety like you said some of that corner experience really translates to the point where when it comes to that versatility I could see him lining up over a slot and, and trying to reroute him or maybe even trying to stack up against an athletic tight end, which every team tries to get uh, at this point of, of modern college football. So I think he's as balanced and complete a safety as there is in this country. You know, we usually push them one way or the other, right? This is a downhill, more of a box kind of safety, maybe a rover type or coverage finesse, a guy who plays the modern game and plays the football really well with great ball skills and length. Derek's got all that in his game uh, already, uh, playing at a high level on Friday nights. He still has a whole year to go. I'm excited to see where he is physically because in terms of his technique and in terms of his athleticism, he's ready to go right now at the next level. So he's one that I don't expect to see sit once he gets to Austin for good. Hey, if you like him, I love him. Another uh, commit that they recently got, Jonah Wilson, 6'3", 195 out of Decaney High School in Houston. Uh, really good jump ball threat. All I need to know is he had an offer from Ohio State. <laughs> That's the litmus test for receivers <laughs> these days, right? How does he fit in the Sarks offense really quickly? Well, look, I mean, it's about explosive football, right? I mean, I think we talked, we talked earlier about this. The two stats that have begun to lead to winning and losing more than any other in college football are Turnovers, which everybody understands, and then chunk plays. That's the second most important. Uh, and, and obviously, Texas with Steve Sarkeesian, you're going to stay aggressive and you need to win in the vertical passing game. And I think with this kid, that's what you see. Uh, nine routes on deck, back shoulder balls, 50-50 balls, easy bunnies uh, for a kid at 6'3". It's just not something we talk about a lot. You know, usually it's it's the smaller six foot five eleven guys that you're like, wow, look at the explosiveness in the lower half. So to have that at 6'3", already near 200 pounds, it is really special, and I think uh, this could begin uh, a bit of a run at wide receiver for Texas, which is what we should have expected on the front end of, of Manning committing. Leona, so probably butchering his name, Leonga LaFau becomes the first commit out of Hawaii for Texas since at least 2000. That's how far 24-7 sports goes back. I'm only 28 years old, so I couldn't go anything before that. <laughs> um, but he chose Texas over Oregon and Utah and talked about how he wants to build a pipeline from Hawaii to texas so good stuff there as well he's trying to you know become a trendsetter um but we talked last time you were on about how these players just pop up at utah and become the best players in college football and ultimately the best players in nfl and that's why utah has been so consistent with a player like this choosing texas over utah and oregon he's one of those types of players right you just knew he grew up rooting for the Pac-12 and watching that conference right i mean so to have the, the two title game participants from last year that also have the best linebackers in the Pac-12 year in, year out of late. To pick Texas over them says a ton. Look, we, we can talk about Manning and offense and all that, and, and, and it kind of writes itself. But this is where Texas needs to get better. So grabbing a Derrick Williams and grabbing a Leah Fowle back-to-back says a lot because this is a volume tackler, a kid who runs really well, 
sideline to sideline. So to, to go into true Pac-12 territory and beyond, if we're talking about the island of Hawaii, uh, that says a ton about Texas and what they want to be defensively. Because, look, that's the side of the ball that we need to see starting to catch up to what we've seen on offense, both on the field and in recruiting. So this weekend's been uh, – this week, I should say, has been a great step in that direction because, again, you expect the offensive firepower. But now you're getting legitimate – ready-made college players, height, weight, speed, tape, the whole thing, who are going to come in and make an impact as underclassmen uh, in the Big 12 or the SEC. And I think that's about as ideal as you could hope for uh, for Texas at this point. At probably the biggest positional need as far as future right. projections and just right now at linebacker as well. And you talked about him run up in Pac-12 country, a huge get for Sark and company. Make sure you're going to betonline.net if you want to bet on Texas to win the national championship this year. Just playing. Trevor Gooseby <laughs> decommits from TCU after a Texas official visit and commits to Texas the same weekend. Billy Walton from Sark, defensive end. You talked about that defense. Decommits from Oklahoma State after a Texas OV and commits to Texas the very next day. What does that tell you about Sark and his staff? When when you win recruiting battles, it's great, right? Everybody recognizes that. But when you flip a kid, especially from uh, interconference rivals, I mean Both that is just yeah. it's just extra salt in the wound for them and another feather in the cap uh, for Texas. Uh, and I think again, this is like you said with with Goosby being a, a big offensive tackle. I mean Kyle Flood deserves some due here. I mean it's so easy to talk Sark. Uh, and Milwee, even Tashar Choice. I mean, all these other coaches get so much attention, and rightfully so. Jeff Banks, Kyle Flood is, has become, uh, really, since since even before he was at Alabama, a great identifier of talent and closer on the recruiting trail among offensive linemen, which is hard to do. Again, these kids, Jonathan, they look around. They know, okay, Texas has brought in 10 other guys, and I'm still coming. That says a ton in a short amount of time. And, and I think right now you could make the argument Kyle Flood is doing it better at O-line recruiting than any school or coach in the country relative to that position. And again, you talk about the SEC, you talk about what needs to happen to change the trajectory of Texas football. Manning's great. And, and we'll talk about that forever, probably, but you have to start in the trenches. You cannot hammer that home enough and, and flood individually should be talked about like we talk about some of the great positional recruiters uh, in the country, in my mind, especially relative to the last couple of seasons. The last two, three, four years, he's been right up there with, with anybody individually at his position in terms of identifying talent and closing on the trail, which is really what it's about. You know, I'm so glad you said that because there's so much talk on Twitter this weekend about, you know, certain players, you know, star ratings and things that don't matter. They're going into their senior year of high school. They're likely to raise anyway. I'm so glad you talked about him being an evaluator of talent and one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business at his position. Thank you for that. We're going to get you out here on this one. Top five recruiting class in 2022. Top five transfer class led by Quinn Ewers. And now a top three currently recruiting class seems like top five is the floor for this class and you bring in arguably the most hyped recruit ever in arch manning please give steve sarkeesian my head coach my savior a letter grade for this offseason oh man it's it's been a resounding a uh there's just really no other way you can put it and again i i think when you talk about some of the other hot transfer portal and recruiting classes a lot of that had to do with 
the on-field record last year or brand new coaching staffs that had a ton of spots to fill. Oregon, LSU, Ole Miss, schools that either were really good or changed staffs. Texas was not really good, and they didn't change staffs, yet they still are in this conversation. USC obviously should be mentioned. Texas didn't have those two things at its back and still put this stuff together. And I think that says so much about uh, just the organization uh, and kind of structure of what Steve Sarkeesian wanted to do. I mean, with that offense and talent coming back last year or, or coming into this year, you could have sat back. Right. I mean, Xavier Worthy's coming back. You're getting uh, the other receiver who was injured. He's coming back. Obviously, quarterbacks being revitalized. You got the best running back in the country coming back. You could have sit still and nobody would have blinked, but you didn't. And, and they, you stayed aggressive at every single position, even the ones like receiver where you were already really set up at. And I think that says a lot about uh, just the readiness of Steve Sarkeesian to play ball right now and to recruit right now. Again, not only for the Big 12, but certainly with eyes uh, on the SEC. So uh, I think he's had as good an offseason as, as you could have hoped for, independent of Arch Manning. That just becomes the – I mean, you, you landed Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning in, in a span of, what, seven months? H- hello? I mean, that's that's the number one quarterback two years running, basically. Talk so, to him. Talk to I him. I mean, that, is, that doesn't happen in recruiting. Uh, it just doesn't. I mean, Alabama doesn't do that in recruiting. Um, you know, arguably the number one quarterback two years in a row – I'd have to go back. It's probably like USC back in the day, like Matt Liner and those guys. Maybe they did it, but uh, it produced championships and it produced NFL talent all over the place. And I think that could be something we see ahead at Texas. It starts there. And when your coach is known for that, you got to hit at those spots. And I think that's that's what Steve's done to date. Now it just has to start translating. Excellent point. John Garcia, Director of Football Recruiting at Sports Illustrated, joining us once again. Uh, He'll be doing this again soon, shorter video today, but that's just because we know there's so many commitments coming. The next video might take an hour. John Garcia, thank you again, brother. Longhorn Nation, as always, hook them and peace.